Welcome to the Hello Someday podcast, the podcast for busy women who are ready to drink less and live more. I'm Casey McGuire-Davidson, ex-red wine girl turned life coach, helping women create lives they love without alcohol. But it wasn't that long ago that I was anxious, overwhelmed, and drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. I thought that wine was the glue holding my life together, helping me cope with my kids, my stressful job, and my busy life. I didn't realize that my love affair with drinking was making me more anxious and less able to manage my responsibilities. In this podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz, how to sit with your emotions when you're lonely or angry, frustrated or overwhelmed, how to self-soothe without a drink, and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. I am so glad you're here. Now let's get started. Hey there. I've got some big news for you that I have been not so patiently waiting to tell you about. After six months away, my super popular completely free masterclass is back and it's better than ever. I've been working on it for months. So if you have been struggling to get sober momentum, please go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash class. You can sign up for my free training, Five Secrets to Taking a Break from Drinking, even if you've tried and failed in the past. In this 60-minute masterclass, I am going to share with you all the things you need to stop doing because they're setting you up for self-sabotage and what you need to start doing instead. I am giving you the steps and the mindset shifts that I go through every day with my private coaching clients, and it is completely free. So if you are sober curious, if you've been thinking about taking a break from alcohol, this class is going to set you up for success. I promise you it is worth your time. So hit pause on this episode, go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash class and save your seat. Hey there. My guest today is Sandra Primo. I got to know Sandra virtually through listening to her on the Unruffled podcast, which she co-hosts with Tammy Salas through the private Facebook group for the podcast. She's sober and a creative entrepreneur. Sandra is multi-passionate maker a photographer, a sustainable designer and seamstress, a writer, a coach, and a podcast host. She's also married and has two kids and lives in Austin, Texas. When Sandra was 45, she quit using alcohol as a means to cope with life. And in the last six years, she's figured out through intensive learning, trial and failure, and loads of practice, the answer to now what? And I think midlife, especially for women who have quit drinking or are working on quitting drinking, now what is a huge question because you're evolving, you're changing, your coping mechanisms are changing. And lots of times when you stop drinking, suddenly you have a lot more free time and energy than you used to. 
when you were drinking and recovering from drinking, you were sort of in a holding pattern. You were stuck. And now you're wondering what to do with all that time. Sandra started the Unruffled podcast to talk about the intersection of creativity and recovery in what she terms the midlife solution, which I absolutely love. Sandra says midlife is only a crisis if you make it one. So today we're going to talk about the intersection of creativity and recovery, helping midlife women not only survive, but also thrive. Sandra's message is it's never too late to change your story and your course. So Sandra, welcome. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad to have you here. Tell us, I gave you a big intro, but tell us a little bit about yourself and the work you do. Okay. Well, I have been a um, creative most of my life. I've been a photographer and a seamstress, designer seamstress for about 20 years for each. And um, I've always considered myself a multi-passionate person, Jill of all trades. And so when I quit drinking um, six years ago, there was a lot of time to fill, right? <laughs> a lot of time to fill when you quit drinking. It's not just the act of drinking, but it's recovering from drinking and thinking about drinking. You have just have lots of time to fill. And plus it helps when you're in early recovery to have something to focus on. So you're not focusing on um, what you're missing. And um, I felt re- very fortunate that I had my creativity, my little creative pursuits to fall onto when I needed to fill up some of that space. And um, I was in some sober groups online and I would hear women talk about all the time about, you know, I need a hobby. What do I do? I have all this time to fill. And so I, you know, would answer questions. It led me to start a website actually called The Unruffled. And it's really started off as just a blog where I shared um, creative ideas, simple things that uh, most women could do with just few supplies. And that's where The Unruffled started. And it kind of went from there. I met um, a woman named Tammy in a Facebook group and Tammy Solis. And about... Um, a year after I had started the website, we started a podcast called The Unruffled, where we talk about the intersection of creativity and recovery. That's wonderful. And I know that I actually have an episode coming up that may be out before this one, but it's about being bored in sobriety. Because I have to say, that is the biggest question that I get from women who are quitting drinking, right? You are used to never being bored. Like I think a lot of the reason that women drink other than stress or anger or celebration, but a lot of the time they're just bored and they want to speed up the night or they want to get out of their own head or they feel like they need to drink to get through one more bath or one more game of candy lamp. And then you stop drinking. And in the beginning you are, you're building this bubble. You're in sort of hibernation mode for a while. And then It takes time until you sort of clear out all the things that you used to do, which was all centered around drinking and sort of discover what you actually like more than wine, more than champagne. And I love the idea of what you're doing because I feel like that 
that feeling of isolation or boredom is what does lead a lot of women to say it isn't worth it before they get to build this incredible rich life that they will once they get a little bit further along. Oh yeah, I agree. And I, I too drank because I thought life would be monotonous. It would be, it would be lacking spontaneity um, without alcohol, but the irony is <laughs> that life is actually very monotonous. It's like a groundhog day every day when you drink, um, when you drink too much. Uh, it's just the same cycles, the same thing over and over again. You know, there's a lot of things that I recommend to women, like think about what you liked as a child or think about you know, what, what do you, what attracts you like on social media? Who are the kind of people that you follow and what are they doing that you like? Um, I often start women with just their journals doing morning pages, you know, even for women that aren't writers, morning pages, um, is a kind of a soft and gentle way to kind of start that practice. Um, and if, your listeners aren't familiar with Morning Pages. There's a book called The Artist's Way by a woman named Julia Cameron. And um, Morning Pages was a concept that she came up with. And basically all it is, she suggests that you do them in the morning, but you can really do them anytime. And there are just three pages of like stream of consciousness or like a brain dump. So you don't, you know, you disregard um, punctuation and grammar and you just kind of dump your brain out. And what it does is it kind of, it's sort of magical, the process actually. And after you do it for a couple of weeks, um, you will find that it'll kind of create this momentum where you, these ideas of things that you may want to write about, or you may want to explore. There's just something magical that happens and it's just a good entryway into creativity and especially writing if that's something that you know that interests women and I think a lot of women do I know for me sometimes I don't even know what I'm thinking about thinking until I write it down and it's funny with morning pages you'll start talking about your coffee and then you'll talk about the people in your house and you'll write about your husband and what he did last night it pissed you off and you know, before you know it, your journaling gets a little, it gets a little deeper, I guess. And um, you start exploring more internal thoughts than just what your coffee tastes like. Um, it's a good way to process your thoughts in early sobriety. And it's something that I still use today. Um, it's just a great tool, especially when I'm feeling stuck creatively. That's why she designed it to help people get unstuck with their creativity. So that's great. And one thing that I love that you say, and I do want to talk about sort of midlife, I quit drinking when I was 40 years old. I'm now 45. I know you quit at 45. And I think that mm -hmm. a lot of the women that I work with as clients as well, they are in sort of a transition phase. Yes, they've been drinking for a while and they're having trouble moderating and they're stuck and they're sick and tired of feeling sick and tired and they want to quit. But a lot of times as well, their kids are now teenagers and they, 
don't need them as much as they used to, or their kids are off to college, or conversely, they've got little kids and they don't have the freedom that they used to, and they feel very tied down. So I love the thought of a midlife solution, that it's only a crisis if you make it one. And a lot of times women either have way too much time to fill, especially if their kids are older and they've quit drinking, or they have no time for themselves and they just feel like they're sucked dry and have nothing for themselves at all. So tell me about what you think about midlife and the women you work with. I just think midlife is a good time. It's just a time of transition, right? Um, Now, if you've got little kids, you're still in it. (laughs) You're still in it and you have to give yourself a lot of grace. Um, You're not going to have the kind of time, say, that I have with a 17-year-old and an almost 12-year-old, you know, who are a lot more independent um, than those of you moms with smaller children. But if your kids are a little bit older, I just think that it's, it's just a midlife is a great time for transition. It's sort of a time where you are kind of standing in the middle of your life, if we're lucky, right? And you kind of get a good assessment of what's happened before, what you've already done, what you haven't done. And then it's also, you know, you're kind of staring down the road in the future. And I know for me, I felt a little bit of a sense of urgency. Like, wow, I have things I want to do. And it's time to get going on them. Yeah. And Not now, when am when, I going to do it? My favorite quote, and um, absolutely I have it on my wall, is the Brene Brown quote about the midlife unraveling. And what she says <laughs> is, midlife is when the universe gently places her hands upon your shoulders, pulls you close and whispers in your ear, I'm not screwing around. And she talks about all of this pretending and performing the coping mechanisms that you've developed to protect yourself from feeling inadequate and getting hurt has to go. The idea that it's holding you back from your dreams and your gifts. And I just love where she says, time is growing short. There are unexplored adventures ahead of you. You can't live the rest of your life worried about what other people think courage and daring are coursing through your veins. I love that. There's something that happens in that midlife transition where you just really start giving less fucks and it, and the alchemy, (laughs) it just happens at the perfect time too. When you're finally ready, you're done with whatever you're done with drinking, um, relationships, codependency, whatever you're done with and um, and you start to care a lot less about what other people think about you. And I know that it doesn't happen for every woman, but it, a lot of women I know, it just kind of happens naturally. When you get sober, there's something about, there's something that happens about honesty and integration. And um, because you're being honest with yourself for the first time, you began being honest with other people for the first time. You learn what boundaries are and you put them into effect. You set them and you put them into effect. And, um, and then you start feeling 
when you experience honesty, telling the truth, you start to experience this integration where you want to be the same person in every room you walk into. And you just start taking off the masks. (laughs) And I think as a result, yeah, you just, you, you do, you really start caring less about what people think about you. It doesn't mean that you don't experience fear, but you just do it anyway. Well, and when you stop drinking, when you get sober and I, almost every woman I know who has a complicated relationship with alcohol needs other people, wherever you find them, who are also on the same path, who also get honest about why they drink and how they drink and, and ask for help and support and connection. You just get way more comfortable with being honest and way more feedback that you're not alone and that you're amazing. And I think that helps you step into your honesty and your power and be more um, open to new experiences and have better boundaries about carving out time for yourself. Like all of that contributes where it gets you to a point where you're like, okay, I'm not drinking away most of my evenings. I'm not dragging my way through a lot of my days. I have this time. I have more energy. What do I want to do with it now? Because what I was doing before was leading me down a path that didn't feel very good. Uh, Exactly. And when you have something that you can focus on, I mean, it's just math. You're focusing a lot less on, you know, drinking if you're still struggling with that. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you work with women specifically in midlife who are getting sober, who have quit drinking about this sort of creativity and what I love the question. Now what? You know, and the other question that people always pose is sort of like, you know, what's next? What's next for me? What do I do next? And you go into a lot of different pieces, creativity, physical awareness, spiritual practices, the Enneagram, which I love. I feel like everyone's talking about the Enneagram now. And I I heard it's just surpassed Myers-Briggs as the number one sort of personality assessment that people are working with. So. Tell me about all that. Tell me about the work you do. Yeah. So the women that I work with, um, we kind of look at their day-to-day through a holistic lens. So in other words, um, you know, while creativity is is an important part of my recovery, um, it's only just one piece of the the foundation, right? I also have to move my body. I have to daily. Um, I have to also um, be aware of what I eat and, and make sure that I'm eating, you know, whole foods and mostly plants. And I take supplements and I have a spiritual practice that's, um, invaluable to me. It's, you know, one of my non-negotiables. And I also, you know, there's just, there's just a lot of things that keep me on this side of well. And so the women that I work with, you know, when I started working with women through this um, one-on-one mentoring coaching program that I have called Change Your Story, 
we were just focusing on a creative idea or something that they wanted to bring to life, you know, something that wouldn't leave them alone that, you know, they went to bed thinking about, woke up thinking about. And um, while that was very successful, I found that oftentimes we would, you know, we would start talking about, well, how much sleep do you get? And what do you do for fun? Do you get, you know, how do you move your body? Because they're all connected. It's like trying to diagnose a foot or something without, you know, looking at the body that it's attached to. And so I started including all of these things in the Enneagram just kind of happened for fun because it's one of my rabbit holes of study. And I've been studying the Enneagram for about four years. I'm by no means an expert, but I find it a really helpful tool when I'm working with women because, you know, the thing about learning about what makes other people tick is that you lose some judgment, right? Because we all just want everybody. Why don't people do things like I do them? I don't understand that. You know, it's just a natural human. (laughs) That's just a natural human experience, I think. And um, by learning the Enneagram, you figure out, oh, okay, this is why this person leads with their emotions instead of, you know, their thinking, or um, this is why this person, and kind of circles the drain a little bit around, um, you know, things that have happened in the past. And um, so by applying some of my knowledge of the Enneagram to each woman that I work with, I can almost tailor um, our work around their type and their personality and what what they respond to and what their motivations are. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And I do sort of similar work in that I do core energy coaching with women as part of my coaching practice. And you really get a sense for what what sort of mindset they bring to different situations and why, why that shows up in your life and, and just what their default is. So you can take another tack if you need to and help them sort of grow beyond some of those limiting beliefs or assumptions or patterns they've gotten into. But I am also a huge fan of the Enneagram. So I think that's, I think it's really fun. And of course, with both of them, you can't help when you meet other people start being like, hmm, this seems like you're coming from this perspective, like diagnosing them, which I know you should not do. Right. Yeah. You're never, well, you're never, whatever. You're not, it's encouraged that you don't try to type someone else. And I never, ever do that. And I certainly don't want to just put someone in a box either. Um, but I do use it as a tool because it, it really, I'll give you an example. I'm a seven on the Enneagram and the sevens are called the enthusiasts. Our main motivation is to avoid pain. (laughs) We don't, we, it's not like we don't experience emotions. We just prefer the higher registering ones like happiness and joy and fun. And, (laughs) and the other ones like grief and sadness and those emotions we tend to avoid. We also like, we like spontaneity. We like variety. And I was in 
12 step for a very long time and, or not a very long time for a few years of my recovery. And I would say about half of my recovery. And, um, you're encouraged to have a home group if you're in 12 step. And I would get very bored. Like I I would start to get very itchy. And for a very long time, I, I felt guilty about that. Like I'm not doing this right. I'm always the obstinate one. I always have to do things my way. And this is, this is not part of the program. And, um, and until I learned about my type, my personality, what my drivers are, it just made so much sense. And I could finally give myself a little bit of grace around that and realize that stagnation can be like just soul sucking for me. I love that. I, I had never thought about it that way. I've got, you know, have thought a lot about AA and the structure and and pieces that work or don't work for different people. But I'd never thought about it in terms of sort of the repetition and the way that you're supposed to find your home group and go back. And they're the same people often telling, you know, you know, their life story. And, and it, that's just fascinating to me, the, the intersection of that personality type and um, the way AA is set up. And I love that they're just different ways to recover now and that people are talking about other ways of recovering that have also been successful because a lot of people historically that was the only the only way to recover because nobody else was talking about that they had an alcohol problem and they are in recovery long-term recovery they stopped drinking and by the way they didn't do it through AA right And so I guess my point about talking about the Enneagram is, and, and, or just learning about yourself and what your motivations are. Um, I just hope that, that just by sharing that it might let some of you just let yourself off the hook and um, be okay. If something's not quite working for you in your recovery, try something else try something else. As long as you keep alcohol off the table and it's not an option, there's so many other things to try and just let yourself, let yourself off the guilt hook. Yeah, completely. I mean, I know that, you know, for a while you talked about boredom and how, when you're drinking, your life is actually pretty boring. I mean, it, your world gets smaller and smaller. As soon as you start drinking, you kind of check out from the evening, which for a lot of us that work and have kids, that's literally the only time we have to ourselves. And we're using it, you know, in a bubble of alcohol and then dragging the next day. So we don't have energy to do other stuff. And I know that once I stopped drinking, A, I got a lot braver, but I also you know, was suddenly driving across the bridge to Seattle on Saturday morning to meet friends, even new friends to, you know, I ran a 10k, which I hadn't done in years and years. I went up on a women's yoga recovery retreat and slept in a yurt and did yoga, which I had never really done before, other than in like a gym workout class, like certainly nothing like I experienced. And up there they had, you know, they did sound baths and they did, you know, the smoke 
healing, like hearing, healing your aura, all this shit that's actually really fucking cool and fun. And mm-hmm. I felt like I was sort of a, you know, 16 year old at summer camp, again, <laughs> like doing all the things with all these women, hey. like you never do as an adult when you're so busy fucking adulting every day of your life. Right. Or just the fact that you're doing something on a Saturday morning instead of being hungover. Or like last year, I took improv classes all year. Yeah, all year. In fact, I went through, I graduated. I went to like improv school and I went through all the levels and I graduated, but the classes were in the evenings. And that was something I never would have done if I were still drinking. That was, it would have interfered. I, I just, you know, I wouldn't take off of drinking <laughs> um, long enough to accomplish something like that. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be that. I know one of my clients started coaching her young son's basketball team. And just, you know, that was in the evenings, two, three days a week and Saturday mornings. And when she was drinking every night and recovering every day, that was not something that she would do. But she was like, this is fun. Like, I didn't think like hanging out with all these 10 year old kids would be fun, but she's like, I'm laughing more than I have in ages and understanding my son more. Another client of mine is taking painting lessons online and just loves, you know, the course she has. I mean, there are a lot of ways to bring joy and fun and creativity into your life that you just don't do when you get to be an adult and you're trying to please your boss and your colleagues and your husband and keep the house clean and take care of your kids' schedules, that you free up all those hours that you used to just kind of try to cope with your life and responsibilities so you can actually have fun with it. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, you know, fun and adventure doesn't even, you know, of course, nobody's, none of us are going places and doing things right now because of the pandemic, but you can still, you can still explore new things just right in your own home. You can take an online, now's a great time to take an online class, learn a new hobby or skill. Um, It's the best time to do that. And you can order everything you need now through the internet and um you know i was going to mention that my favorite my favorite activity that i um discovered when i first got sober and it's totally free or it's the price of a book was book signings that was like my favorite thing to do was to go to our local bookstore and go see an author talk and buy their book and have my book signed um very cool that's yeah, because there's rarely booze there. Rarely. I think I went to one book signing out of the 50 that I've gone to and there was alcohol there. So um, it's just a safe thing to do. And it happens in the evenings. And, it, you know, it's a time kind of witching hour, but it was a time that I would not have been able to go before because I would have been drinking and driving. So, yeah. Yeah, that is very cool. And, you know, I took an online class on podcasting, Um, you know, it was something I was super interested in. It was probably a year and a half before I started my podcast. Like I just had an idea and an interest. And I used to leave work at lunchtime and go sit in this park and like eat my lunch and listen to my podcast class. And unlike 
you know, I was in digital marketing and corporate, unlike any MBA type course, I was actually really excited to do it and interested and, you know, just sketching out the art and the intro and the music like that was cool. Yeah, it's it is it is. And it just gives you a little purpose. And um, it's something to kind of mold your days around. And I don't know, you start to get in a flow and you can't leave, you can't be in a flow and be sad (laughs) in my experience. Yeah. Like that flow energy. Once you get it, you're like, that's amazing. I could do that forever. Yeah. It's actually fairly hard to find. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can experience sometimes when I'm running or there's very few things that I experience that, that feeling um, but it, but I often experience with it when I'm just engrossed in a creative activity. So when you work with women, when you work with them on the change your story program, you do the Enneagram and how do you develop those spiritual practices for introspection or routines and habits that foster creativity? Well, we talk about, you know, I, I'm a I'm a morning person, so it's very easy for me to get up before anyone else in my house gets up and kind of do these things that are just for me. So, um, I don't, you know, follow a schedule or anything. I kind of do whatever is calling me, but I there are some things I never miss, and one is my meditation. Um, and the other is I, I read something and um, and then I often will pull a tarot card because I love doing that. It's like Googling your unconscious or something. And it always, you know, it always um, speaks to something that I might be spinning on or something I feel that might be keeping me stuck. Or sometimes it just inspires a, a newsletter or a blog a blog entry or something like that, some kind of piece of writing. And so um, I would consider that, um, especially the meditation um, part of my spiritual practice, it's just a time to go inward and be introspective and, you know, just time to, to think. And, um, and I really think it's essential for recovery. I really do. And, um, so that's that. And I, I've worked with women that just, they just convince me that they are not morning people. And I understand that, but I think even if you take some time at lunch or maybe you have a a quiet practice before you go to bed. Um, but I think just any thing you can, because it's in the end, we're learning to love ourselves. This is a love story. And if you don't get, if you don't take some time getting to know yourself, you won't ever get to a place where you accept yourself. Yeah. And so it's just a very essential practice in my opinion. And, um, and then as far as creativity, yeah, most of the women that come to me, they, they do have some kind of, Um, creative idea or something that's brewing you know they might be a little shy about it at first they might um, have some fear around naming it saying it out loud but um, 
they might have some, you know, worthiness around it, self-worth, you know, low self-worth, self-esteem around it. But um, it's often, often the women that come to work with me have something that they, that they dream about doing. And so we work on that. We work on building that into their day somewhere in the periphery of the day. Whether it's, again, you know, in the morning, maybe after their um, contemplative practice or, you know, it's lunchtime, you know, maybe it's after the kids have finished their homework. Um, I know that a lot of us have this binary thinking, right, where it's either like all or nothing, um, black or white, Uh, but I try to really help women kind of get into that middle place. I I think what holds us back a lot is if we feel like we don't have three hours to commit to something, then it's not worth doing. But if you have 30 minutes, it it is worth doing. And that's sort of the middle. There's just a lot of freedom there in the middle um, and out of the binary thinking. Yeah, I love that. So if women want to get in touch with you, if they do have that creative idea or they want to work with someone just um, to have them supported in that creative endeavor, encouragement, connection, accountability, feedback, how can they get in touch with you? What's the best place? Okay. Well, I have a website called theunruffled.com. It's U-N-R-U-F-F-L-E-D, theunruffled.com. And um, if you click on the bar at the top of the website, it'll take you to the sales page for Change Your Story. There's some testimonials there. Um, Change Your Story is, again, just a opportunity to work with me one-on-one for four weeks. I structure it around, you know, each client but you'll see in the copy, you know, kind of what, what we address, um, in, in the coaching. And, um, that's the best way. I also have a podcast that we mentioned that I do with Tammy Solace and it's called the unruffled podcast. And we release that once a week on Mondays and, um, we interview lots of women, lots of creative women in recovery. Um, we're on episode 170 something, and um, there's lots of interviews and lots of inspiration there. Yeah, I've um, spent so. many hours going on walks and <laughs> listening to your podcast. So it's wonderful. Thank you. Thanks. Um, but yeah, those are probably, I send out a newsletter every week that I love writing. It's kind of my favorite thing. And, and um, you can sign up for my newsletter there too. And um, you know, if I have new offerings coming around the bin, which I am kind of working on some things, but they're nowhere near to completion, but you'll find out about that first if you sign up for new, for my newsletter. And I was curious, I've actually never figured out. So where does the unruffled come from and what does it mean? <laughs> the unruffled means calm. Well, Unruffled means calm, not agitated. And uh, so, yeah, at the end of every podcast, we 
either Tammy or I, or we ask our guests to share tools for their unruffled toolbox. And then for us, that just means these are things that keep you calm, less agitated. They're either creativity related or recovery related. But yeah, the unruffled came because I had uh, my sustainable clothing line was called ruffled for (laughs) For years. And um, when I was trying to come up with a name for what my website was going to be before, you know, I was ready to go buy a domain, but I didn't know what to call it. And um, I just thought, you know, this is like, now I'm like unruffled. This is my transition now. This was my midlife solution. I feel unruffled now. And that's where I came from. I love that. I'm actually really, really glad I asked because I... I (laughs) I'm in the like unruffled podcast group. And, you know, when people post there, they're like, hi, unruffled. And I had no idea what it meant. I mean, I know what that's the term, but I figured there was something behind that. That's it. So, yeah, we call our, we call all the women in our secret Facebook group, um, the uh, unruffled. And yeah, we just, um, we love our group there. And if you, are interested in that getting into that group, you just have to find me on Facebook, Sandra Talbert Primo, and send me a message and I'll add you because it is secret. Okay, yeah, that's great. And I'll I'll maybe yeah. link to your Facebook page in the show sure. notes. So if anyone wants sure. to contact you so you don't have to search for the name. Sure. Yeah. Perfect. Well thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. And I, I've been listening to your podcast and I just, I love it. You're doing, doing a good, good thing. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hello Someday podcast. If you're interested in learning more about me, the work I do, and access free resources and guides to help you build a life you love without alcohol, please visit hellosomedaycoaching.com. And I would be so grateful if you would take a few minutes to rate and review this podcast so that more women can find it and join the conversation about drinking less and living more. Oh, hey, it's Erin. And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you.